Hey everyone, welcome to the Hey Hannah podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maya Fields, but to my friends and those who know me well, I'm just Maya. I'm a higher education administrator, a mother, and a wife of 14 amazing years, but above all, I'm a Christ follower. This podcast is a special platform created to honor the memory of my beloved daughter, Hannah. It's here that I have the chance to have the conversations that I never got to have with her, to share the wisdom and love I wish I could have passed on. It's a reminder to cherish the precious moments we're given and a testament to the power of healing, hope, and personal growth. If you're someone who's seeking personal growth, inspiration, and practical advice to build a solid foundation for a successful and fulfilling life, this is a place for you. Join me as we honor Hannah's memory together. Laugh, cry, and learn. Get ready for a podcast that is so much more than you could ever imagine. The Hey Hannah Podcast. Healing hearts, one conversation at a time. Welcome back to another episode of the Hey Hannah podcast. This is going to be a good one. We are getting into a topic that I'm sure we are all trying to learn more about. But the cool thing is I have the other half of Hey Hannah here. My husband, Haven, is joining me tonight. Thank you, Haven, for coming on. I appreciate you having me, sweetheart. Absolutely. So as I said, we are chatting tonight about parenting and if you are like us we are always just trying to find the best way to do this this thing you know we have the two boys as i talk about a lot our youngest uh is four and our oldest is six and they keep us on our toes to say the least (laughs) um you know, but it's been good. You know, they're, they keep you young, as they say. And we waited a little bit longer to have children. It was about six or seven years into our marriage before we had the boys. Yeah, it's, it's been about that, given the fact that they're both at six and four. So, yeah, maybe a little longer. But what a joy it's been and a blessing it's been just to have um, our two boys who are just light of our life. I feel like we have control of our schedule. Very little or <laughs> uh, not much of That's our day good. anyway. So I, I joke all the time with no. people that I think between 5 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Is, is the only time I control my own schedule. Outside of that, I think it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's for our boys and, uh, and you and, and, and obviously work. We, we don't we just don't have control of what what may come next. So it's the unknown. That is true. The unknown. I feel like I'm their chauffeur, but hey, that's another. Yeah, that's another episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to think about what we could talk about as far as uh, mom versus dad when it comes to carpooling and chauffeuring our boys to all the activities. So that'll be another another episode. Another episode. Um, I know it's been very important for us. Just you know, we talked about even before we did dive into parenting. Like I said, we waited a bit intentionally. Um, We wanted to make sure we had time to enjoy ourselves in our marriage, but we had conversations a good bit about having children at some point. And I know we talked a lot about um, just a foundation, like having them in church and spending time with them and things that we, you know, thought would be important when they were here. And I feel like we're sticking to that a good bit. Do you feel like a lot of the things we talked about as far as an important foundation for them, like you still feel like they're the things we should stick to or have you felt like we've had to pivot a bit more since they've actually been here? Well, and I think for us, even with the things that we're doing, like most parents, you're you're really busy, but I think the foundation is so important. You know, we've talked a lot about family values and I, I think it's something that we'll be able to dig into even more, you know, for, for them, I mean, modeling uh, what we're doing and, and, and you know, just being a parent uh, is it's, it's, it's so much it's so rewarding, so much fun, but but it can be challenging. Um, and, you know, they're watching everything we do. And so I feel like over time uh, with their ages and, and them being so close in age, 20, 21 months apart, um, 
they're watching us. Every move we make, they've got questions. They've got thoughts. Um, I, I think it evolves as they get older. But the core of, of, of uh, being a leader in this household just means for me that I, I've got to make sure that uh, not only that fact that we're teaching them uh, about our Lord and Savior, but, but modeling that within the home is so important uh, and, and, and is at the top of those family values for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, it made me think about when you said they're, they're watching us. So um, our oldest, he talks a good bit. Like he just talks a lot. And so he was around the house and he kept saying, that's why people can't get through. And we were like, what is he talking about? Like he would just, it was like a week, maybe two weeks. And he would just randomly say that that's why people can't get through. And so finally it was one morning Haven typically does drop off and I do pick up. So I was doing drop off this particular day and where they were going to school at, at the time, which is true. Parents would just pull up in front of the school, just like in the middle of the lane. They wouldn't scoot all the way over. They just block the lane, get the kids out, do their thing, and everybody else had to wait. And so I pulled up, and this was happening. Somebody pulled up in the middle of the lane, so we couldn't pull up anymore. And, um, you know, our son says in the background, that's why people can't get through. And I just started cracking up because I finally figured out what he was talking about. Haven Senior has said that as he was dropping them one morning to school, like the lane was blocked and he said, that's why people can't get through. And it's like the weirdest things that kids hold on to. And it was like, you don't think they're paying attention. And of course he wasn't saying it to him. He was just making a statement to himself, but it's just a funny example of how they just pick up everything and they're always watching (laughs) even when you don't think they are. Yeah. You know, and it just, it's a reminder for, for all parents. Uh, and, I, and I think we've all had those moments where we probably said something that we shouldn't have. Um, and it's just a, <laughs> it's a, it's a reminder that, you know, they are listening to everything you say. They're mimicking things that you do. Uh, I found my oldest over the years, he, whatever I'm doing, he wants to do. Uh, and I think the youngest is starting to uh, pick up some of those as well. So it, it's just a reminder uh, that as parents, you know, you're it's 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 twenty four seven three sixty five as we all know, um, no days off, uh, and that means even what we're saying. <laughs> Absolutely, um, you know, I will say that just to kind of bring it back to a serious note. I know we we mentioned like how they are always soaking up everything we're saying. They're like sponges, but. Um, you know, parents, on the other end of that, we have a very serious responsibility and we are charged with the internal dialogue that we're speaking over our children. So while they do listen to everything that we say, it's also important to make sure that we are speaking life into them. We are affirming them. I know sometimes with the little ones, they, you know, they can run you ragged, but remember, you know, you want to still be affirming and speaking with patience and speaking with love to them. Think about, you know, when you're saying some things to them, would I say this to a coworker? You know, if you probably wouldn't, because you know, your job, you'd have some restraint, then obviously you want to do the same thing for your children. Um, Because, you know, a lot of, that's what they remember. Like they're building their identity and their parents' voice plays a big part in that. And I think that's so important too, um, for fathers as the leaders of the home, like they are holding on to your every word, um, just affirming who they are. So I think that's extremely important to make sure, do whatever you can. If you feel like you don't have the tools now, like, I don't know how to speak live into my kids, get a book, listen to, you know, listen to podcasts like you're doing now. But I feel like that's one of the things that we really just can't afford to drop the ball on. I don't know your thoughts about that Haven, but that's just kind of a big one, I think for me. Yeah, it, it certainly is my, you know, and, and, you know, we'll probably get more into this. Uh, we, we were raised differently um, when you had your mom and dad uh, and I, and I only had my mom that raised me. And I, and I think there's so many unique uh, data points around being raised in a single parent home versus both parents being in the home. 
and, you know, I was looking at some stats between 1980 and, and I think 2002, we have some staggering numbers uh, as, as uh, African-Americans in comparison to even whites or Hispanics. Um, when you think about the, the, the proportion of children living in two parent uh, families, um, uh, with you know, two family uh, parent homes versus, versus single. And, and for us, it's interesting looking at the numbers where in 1980, you know, we're, we're talking 42.2% for blacks, but in 2022, it was 43%, which is, which is a staggering number. And I, and I wow. think about, and that's just some, some numbers I found as I, as we were preparing for this interview. And I thought to myself, uh, I think about, you know, black youth and the proportion of children living in the two parent homes at that time. And, and for me, you know, I was in a single parent home, uh, which, which, uh, th- those numbers are obviously higher, uh, for us and, you know, being raised that way, um, you know, you learn a lot of things, but, uh, you know, my mom would often say, I, I can't teach you how to uh, be a man, but I'm going to teach you what you need to value and the things that you need to do, uh, that are going to make you into the man that you need to be. Uh, and so I, I, I hang on to that and just say it is for me, for someone who did not see that, you know, how do I model what I didn't see? How do I raise our sons, um, in a way that I was not raised as a, as a, as a, as a you know, during my childhood. Uh, and that's where, again, leaning on my Lord and Savior and praying for him to give me guidance and, and strength and, and wisdom. Cause uh, you can't, it's very hard. And I think in growing up in a single parent home, I had a younger sister um, and, and you don't, you don't get the chance to see what that looks like. I don't see my father going to work every day and hugging my mother before she leaves, which is something I know we've been, big on wanting our, our boys to see us being affectionate all the time uh, and then modeling that and understanding what it means to love people. Um, and yeah. so that's really important for me, aside from the things you mentioned, that that I am modeling in a way for them to understand what it means to love people, what it means to love uh, you um, as, <laughs> as their mother. So, um, you know, that that's big for me. But I, again, those numbers are staggering, but it just shows you uh, – you know how how much work we have to do, and, and again, as, as as a couple that's been married now for going on fifteen years here soon, um, you know, it's, I, I say that with pride, just because of what we know with, with two parent households versus single parent households, uh, and the importance of modeling things and making sure our sons understand uh, what it means to love, what it means to be committed, uh, and what it what it means yeah. to be uh, disciplined in all that they do. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I'll say this by the grace of God. Um, and you know, obviously your mother and the village around you did a wonderful job because you're still very successful. Um, you know, educated, great career, but do you feel like just from your perspective internally that you missed out on something specifically by not having your father directly in your life. Yeah. It, you know, and it's still, even at 45 years old, <laughs> it's still hard. Um, because I know I missed out on so many different things. I, you know, I, I hate to bring it back to my sons, but you know, it's hard when, you know, growing up as a kid, you could see, um, young young boys my age getting picked up by their father or out with their father and you know not I love my mom she was a rock and such a strong woman but it was very difficult because that's a piece of my life I don't really get to share with people about and I and I pray that my sons you know share that with other people and say yeah my dad took me here and he had I had a chance to do these things with my dad and as they get older being able to do more with them I mean we have a fun time now going to a bunch yeah. of places and hanging out together. Uh, but it is, it's, it's really difficult. And there, there are days where I think about that most days because I didn't get that as a kid. I don't, you know, um, I don't know what that feels like very little time with my father. Um, and it's sustained. I, I think it's sustained for any young man. I've got to forgive, but hard to forget those things that you didn't have the chance to experience as a kid. And I'm, I'm, um, um, it hurts, uh, but the days where I don't feel like doing things and our boys are just running us ragged, uh, I mean, that's the reminder. 
uh, you didn't get this. So don't put them in a situation where they can't have or they can't uh, spend the time with you uh, that, that you didn't get. And, and I, you know, I, I say this all the time. Why would God bless us with two sons? Bless me with two sons as a father when I did not have that in my life. There's purpose and there's meaning for that. Um, as hard as it is to think about my own childhood, uh, God would not bless me with two sons if there was not something that he was expecting of me uh, to be doing in this moment. I think that just speaks to the importance of parenting. And like you said so much, um, and just to think like at your age, you're still feeling like there's a, a wound to an extent for, you know, experiences from your childhood, even now, like even amongst the success, your own children, your own family, like still feeling like there are implications from that on your life as an adult. Um, that's hard, you know? It, it really is. And I think about all the young men who were raised like I was, and I'm, and I'm so thankful that my mom, I don't know that I, I think most kids, they, they don't understand when you tell them no. Uh, I, it took me forever to figure it out. But as a parent, I think we both understand now, um, you know, when we have to tell our kids no, they obviously don't understand at this age at all uh, as we see them moping and, and giving us the the big eyes or the, the baby face to, to be able to try to convince us as to the why they should be able to. Uh, but I often wonder and I ask myself why there were places I couldn't be. You know, I played you know, I started playing football at a young age at six. Uh, there are countless young men who same age as I am, had probably more talent um, than I did. Certainly, I played with a lot of really talented uh, young men, uh, young boys that, uh, when I was it started in the Little League, um, and several of them are not even here with us anymore. Uh, several of them that I know, that I got to know very well as kids, um, you know, and they, they didn't have a structure where maybe their mom could do certain things for them that my mom was able to. And I don't take that, you know, lightly. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I take that, you know, I'm very humble by that. I'm, uh, I'm very thankful uh, just because again, yeah. she did all she could, you know, cause there's so many unique stats about young people that grow up in single parent homes, young African-American men that uh, don't have a father in the home you know, are probably more likely to get in trouble, to go to jail, to not make it. Um, and, you know, I I think many of us are have been an exception to the rule. Uh, so I'm just so thankful for the mothers out there that are focused on how to raise young men, uh, no matter the color, but just trying to figure out a way to make it work. Uh, and I'm just, I'm thankful for my mother and her desire and, and determination to make sure that she was able to get it done. Yeah, you mentioned, um, like, just on the other end of the spectrum, some young men who are in a similar situation end up, you know, and we hear the stories all the time in the news, on the, you know, in the streets or involved in activity that is not necessarily going to help them prosper. What do you think made the difference for you? Because you didn't have, you know, in and out of jail or a lot of, you know, those types of things, but, you know from you telling your story, you were in a situation where your father was not there. So what made the difference for you to like, you know, stay on a path that was going to yield productivity for you in the future? Well, you know, and I'll say this again, I, I, you know, I was thinking about this and I want to make sure I share data points with people, uh, you know, more than 1.1 million African-American men are in prison in the United States and about 500,000 of them are fathers. Um, my my father obviously was was one of those men um, that was incarcerated a, a lot throughout my life, and so for those that knew, probably thought that I would you know be on the same path. But to your question, like uh, I can I can simply say my mother just put the fear of God in me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, said, like, I believe it. <laughs> I mean, you know, just just um, you know, obviously discipline. <laughs> discipline uh, more than anything else. Um, but I, I think giving me an outlet through allowing me to go to camps and sports and still being that mom that was just a huge supporter. Um, 
you, you know, ironically enough, is it comes full circle. And you and I have never talked about this. But aside from the discipline at times, she raised me a lot like you raise our boys. There were times where she would sit me down and hug me and love on me and tell me why I got to get things right. Um, and, and, I, and I think that that speaks to uh, who she was. Certainly discipline. And I, I, I know I'm more of a disciplinary than you at times with our boys and more stern, I should say, with them uh, than, than, than you are. Uh, but I believe that helped. She made me feel like I could do anything. You know, she believed um, and and she put a lot into it. And she wasn't just raising me. She was raising my younger sister. Um, and we have a unique household. As I talk about being raised, uh, we did not have the same father. Uh, and so that's even more of a uniqueness to the way she raised us. We had, you know, growing up in a single parent household, you know, and and and, and I don't I'm, I'm sharing the story. I, the truth being, um, uh, you know, being raised in a single parent household with, with two different fathers. And, and she still found a way to make sure that we got things done and that we uh, had all we needed. Um, not, you know, sometimes what we wanted. Um, and, and I, and I, and I think that there's, uh, that, that alone, you know, helped me realize, um, the importance of the things that my mom was trying to do. And, and I don't always understand it, but certainly was, was thankful to have a mom who, uh, was my biggest cheerleader and was just working to make sure I had opportunities. Um, and I think that's what we all want to give our children opportunities more than what we had. And that was her focus, which Absolutely. is why I think I, I think that made the difference. She opened my eyes up to things that she probably didn't see as a kid uh, and wanted to make sure I at least had the ability to recognize uh, what could be. Yeah, absolutely. And kudos to her. I think, you know, um, we have to give credit for her foresight and being able to make sure that there was a respect factor there obviously when you were much younger because um for those of you who are not joining us on youtube or who don't know haven um he's a bigger fellow and you know he played linebacker so he was a lot bigger his mother is not so <laughs> you know um there had to be that respect factor there because I mean, you were a large guy and at some point you're, you're just going to have to have the respect to know like, Hey, listen to mom. She has the knowledge. Um, and she wants the best for me. I think that's probably, um, you probably see like the most tension with that with teenagers. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. We remember ourselves as teenagers thinking like, Oh, we know everything and our parents just crazy. And, you know, <laughs> Now, you know, getting on the other end and realizing, like, they know what they're talking about. They just want the best for me. So, you know, kudos to her for making sure that that foundation was straight. So when you were a lot bigger, it wasn't a lot she had to do, you know? Yeah, I don't know that it mattered, uh, given, <laughs> again, this respect factor, as you said. And, you know, all the things that I worry about, you know, again, young, young men, you know, of color or just young men being raised in a single parent home, fathers are not around. There's so many things that um, I think about that could be, you know, whether it could have been that I had low self-esteem because I was worried about the fact that my father didn't want me. I was depressed. Um, you know, I had uh, situations where I probably would have nightmares waking up through the night. Uh, there's so many things that can come from uh, that. But again, I I, I go back to that four letter word love that was always in my household. We were always rich in that uh, over everything else. So I, I think that that's what, again, is, is so important um, in particular for single moms listening, just continue to love on your children for the fathers that are not around, find a way to be involved. Um, your, your sons, your daughters need you. Um, you know, we, 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 we often don't realize uh, the impact we have until we get involved. And so you know, I just, I make that statement as a, a follow-up point to what you just said. I think maybe, um, and I'm just thinking like from a perspective of a parent who hasn't been involved and they can look from away and see like, it seems like my kid's doing good. I, should I even 
jump in and mess it up. Like they don't need me. They're doing great, you know. Um, but from what you're saying, like it doesn't really matter the environment, like the parent, the child is still going along for some form of acceptance or love from that other parent. Is am I hearing you right with that? Yes, you know, my my father and I have a, have a better relationship today than we've had, but I, I still think at times it's hard for him to understand uh, the the impact or effect that it it may have had on me. Uh, he can see it from his perspective, but never my own. And having the thought that, well, you know, you're doing well, you you know, you've got a beautiful wife, you've got two sons, uh, you're doing well in your career, um, you and your wife are obviously. Uh, educated and, 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 you know, have done some great things in your life. Um, and not that I would give all that up for anything. Cause I wouldn't, we do have, we have been blessed beyond measure, but if I had the chance to start all over to have a relationship with my father, it would certainly mean something to me just because I didn't have it. And I often yeah. wonder if, if, if that piece of my life, um, you know, even now we can get to a place where we are just like best friends because, you know, you're my best friend, but I think every young man wants to know that he could still, he could have that relationship with his father, but it's something that I think we got to continue to work towards, work on, but I don't think it's ever too late to develop those relationships. The parent may feel, um, you know, a, a sense of, uh, the fact that that they weren't there and, you know, and they're dealing with all yeah. those emotions and they're feeling guilty. But at the end of the day, I, if you have a chance to develop that relationship, I don't ever think it's too late. Uh, you've just got to be willing to own some things and understand that uh, some of it may be painful for you, uh, but it's just as painful for your child who didn't have the time with you that they needed. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of those billboards um, you'll see a lot. I think it's like foster care billboards, and it's like you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be there. And I think a lot of times we get in our own heads about stuff, you know, or what are they going to say or what are they going to do? But, um, you know, sometimes we just got to get over our own egos. Even if you know, like, I'm going to be embarrassed, like, I'm going to have to eat a little bit of crow because – you know, you you just got to do it because there's not, um, there's not really a time when your child isn't going to need you. I feel like parenting never stops. Um, my dad and I were a lot closer when we were younger. So, uh, well, when I was younger, uh, well, I guess he was younger too, but you know, um, he would coach like my little league teams. I ran track and cross country and I can remember him like, especially with the cross country, cause you're running a lot. And as I would get like towards the end, like he would come and run beside me and like pumping me up. Like you got this, you know, keep going. And you know, like basically like my hype man and you know, um, he went to all the events at the school, like the PTA and PTO and all this kind of stuff. Um, Cause I, and we just did a lot of things together. We went fishing. I was a real, like real, real tomboy. So I would hang with my dad a lot. And so there was a large, you know, a really good connection there when I, I was younger, but today I can say we're not as close um, as I would hope that we would be. And even though, you know, I still have great memories of a strong foundation there. I do still honestly feel like as an adult, I need you, my parents just as much, but in a different way. Like I don't necessarily need anything, you know, financially or, you know, that type of thing from a parent, but you, there's never not a time that you don't need your, your parent. Like the relationship grows and it continues to have, a different angle. Like my, um, my mom, I talk to her every day, several times a day. Um, and I can still think now about stuff. I ask her as my mom, as like my, you know, just go to about stuff because you still need that parent. Like no matter how old you get, I feel like it just, that relationship just doesn't run out. There's always a need there. 
Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, you know, again, to the point of um, conversations with my mom, and we, we just talk about, you know, all kinds of stuff, um, you know, from just what's happened in my career to what's happened in her life. And I think it's so important. But, uh, again, I'm just blessed that we get to raise our sons in, in what you would call a, a nuclear family. Uh, you know, which is obviously having two parents in the home versus a, a single parent. So um, we get there's so many things that we get to, um, you know, we get to do as 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 both parents with our with our son versus if it was a single parent or um, you know parents that are you know not together anymore. And it's just such a blessing. You know, you mentioned about your dad. Um, do you do you think um you know even needing him in a different way do is there sometimes you wish um you guys were you know i don't know communicating or talking more uh because again you mentioned all the things that happened when you were younger and all of his involvement you need him in a different way not that he's not there but he's there in a different way but do you wonder sometimes or wish that he was there even more given again you're a mom you know um you know you've had several accomplishments yourself um you had all that great relationship with him may not be great but do you wish sometimes you still had more of that with him oh yeah for sure i think um probably for his perspective and i can't speak for him but I think kind of like I mentioned before, sometimes parents think like, oh, well, they're doing great. They don't need me. I think that's more more of his line of thinking. But of course, you know, in an ideal world, I wish the relationship was more involved and just stronger, you know, and then too, like, not only for me, but it's also a representation and a, a connection for our children. That's their grandfather. So, you know, they, as they grow up, they see how that dynamic works. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I would, I would love for that to be the case. Um, but you know, sometimes life is just funny. Yeah. I mean, and it's amazing. You, you growing up in a a two parent household, me growing up the way I did, but not our fathers are not similar but in that thought process, I think they are about just thinking, well, we're doing well so they can just, they're, they feel like we're okay. So that may uh, diminish the relationship to a degree uh, from where it could be because of the fact that they just feel yeah. like we're doing fine. We're okay. <laughs> and I don't, uh, and that's where I, I believe um, we, we, we as parents, I know we'll continue to be involved with when our boys are uh, adults uh, because that's just a pattern of being a parent and being involved and doing all the things I'm doing now. Um, I look forward to the day where we could just go sit and watch. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, right now we're, we're involved. I know I get involved in the coaching and helping out, and that's fun. But I look forward to the day we could just sit there together and watch and cheer. Um, just because, I, you know, it, it's so fun and so exciting and such a blessing for them to just see us there supporting if nothing else, just supporting. Uh, and I don't think that that's any different to your comments earlier about your dad or my own father. So. Absolutely. Um, I'm just curious, is there like at this point, just circling back around to the relationship with your dad, what, is there anything that he could do or say today that would just make everything all better for you like what could he give you i don't know if there's one thing he could do or say maya but i i I do think at this point in my life i'm 45 years old as i mentioned earlier uh, i think being intentional about the relationship on a daily basis um it would probably be the thing that would be most beneficial and not just with me. You mentioned something earlier. Um, he, I can count on one hand the number of times he's seen our boys. Uh, what I will not do 
and I have shared this with him is I will, I will never share with our boys while he's not around. That's his job. That's not my job to do yeah. that. Um, not, no, I don't believe in one thing that he always taught me is never make excuses. I can appreciate my dad sharing that with me. And I would expect the same for him when it comes to them. So if they ask, you know, where's grandpa? Why is he not around as they get older? That's not a question that I should have to answer. He has to answer that. Um, so I think yeah. just being consistent uh, in, in the ability to spend time and it's, you know, it comes full circle as a kid, I didn't get it. And now uh, I'm not seeing him much, but more so, you know, my boys don't really get to know the grandfather. You're talking three generations of fields, uh, boys, men, and, and they don't get to, you know, they haven't consistently got, to see, you know, got to see that yet. But again, I'm praying uh, that we could figure out a way to, to make that happen because, um, again, you want to, we, we talk about breaking cycles, um, you know, with, with within families. Um, and, and, you know, many of us have them, no matter the, the color, race, uh, your, your ethnic group, whatever you want to refer to, we all have dysfunctional, uh, we all may have some dysfunction within our families. And one of the things for me that's oh, important sure. that we break uh, this cycle uh, again, of I'm getting to spend time with my boys, but my father getting to spend time with me and, and along with my sons, I believe that's really important for us right now um, as, as men, as feels men uh, to break that cycle uh, just because I want them to understand when they have children that they need to be around as well, no different. And, and I plan to be around with their children uh, and I want them to see that from my father so they know how to model it yeah. when they have children and grandchildren. Um, and so you can't really break the cycle if, if you can't get part of the beginning of it to, to operate in a way uh, that it should for everybody to be able to model what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was good. You, you said a lot. I thought of a few things. Um, the first thing I want to say is, it's, it's interesting to hear you talk, especially about the dynamic of the relationship with your dad, because I feel like we're seeing forgiveness in action. And I always like to hear from individuals who really have like some depth or some life experience in a particular area speak about it. I feel like everybody's talking about, oh, forgive, forgive, when they really haven't had to forgive anything. Or they're talking about, you know, oh, faith, 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 when they haven't really been through like the fire and the flood. But when you see someone who's had situations that are, you know, you yourself would probably find hard to forgive. Um, if you ever get a chance to hear from them, I think that's the time you should definitely be not talking, but listening and tuning in because that's when we're really getting to see what's on the inside of someone come out. Um, because we all say what we would do until it's actually us. And then, you know, we do something different. Um, I also think too, like you said about the generations, um, the Bible speaks about a wise man leaving an inheritance to his children's children. And I know a lot of times we think inheritance, you initially go to monetary, but there's also an inheritance of how to love an inheritance of how to be good to people an inheritance of good character. Like there's rather you are actively working on what that inheritance is you're leaving or not it's going to show up. So I think that's something we all should be thinking about. Like, what are we actively depositing in or leaving as our legacy for our children? Are we going to be leaving a legacy of being absent, not being present, putting them, you know, they're not a priority or are we leaving, um, you know, a legacy where we're showing our kids, you know, good moral character, how to love, how to be good people. When I think about some of the most moving and touching um, stories or just commentary I hear about individuals when they're talking about their parents or what they remember most is I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, Ooh, I just love that my mom or my dad left me millions. I mean, I'm sure that's great, but they're typically talking about like 
you know, they always were just so loving. If I made a mistake, you know, they were here, there to, you know, they believed in me and all that kind of stuff. It's just those things that money just can't buy that passes on and sticks with your children just like years and years to come. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I reference uh, the thing that I, I am so appreciative of, of, of a really close uh, friend, friend of ours who um, religiously pours into young people. He's a mentor for so many. He came to me and said, you know, you don't, I don't know that you really want to do this. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, and I'm not a writer. Uh, but he said, I, I think you should consider journaling to your sons. Um, and he, he wrote a book about fatherhood. Um, and I, you know, and I thought, well, you know, I don't know how I, <laughs> I don't know that I've, um, you know, I've thought about it, but, but, but Darnell Weathersby, uh, he wrote a book called Journey to Fatherhood, a really good friend of ours. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't know as I read the book and I see him just journaling to his at that time, his his firstborn, his daughter, uh, and I, I decided I'm going to try this, and it was it became fulfilling. There were a lot of emotional days because you're sharing things with your children um, that you probably never thought you would write about. And I was writing religiously, sometimes a whole page or two, sometimes three or four sentences uh, on a train going to work. But it was just really more of a way for me to share about me things that they need to be thinking about things they don't they need to make sure they're not doing. Um, and before you know it, here I am with nine months of just stuff that I'm writing. Uh, and I did it with my son, my second son. And so it's, 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 it's interesting that th those are things that I'll be able to hand to them as men. And I, you know, and I don't know that I'm done with that. I, I, there's probably going to be more to write over the years, uh, to share with them. Yeah. And I don't think you have to stop now that they're here. Um, uh, but I, I do think it is a, um, it is certainly a plethora of thoughts um, for all of us on a daily basis for things we go through that we probably can share with them. And, I, and, I, um, and I'm thankful to him um, for giving me that the thought of, of doing it. And, and it is it was certainly something that I, you know, I was committed to just because, I you know, it made me feel good to do it. Uh, and so as you yeah. mentioned, those things. And gener generationally and not and not always being about wealth and money. I think those things are good. Uh, but to be able to hand those books off to my sons, you know, when they turn 18, it's going to mean a whole lot more to me. Lord willing that I, I, um, I, I see both of them at that age. I'm, I'm going to be in a place where when I give those things to them, uh, it, it will, it will certainly, uh, hopefully put them in a place where they realize how much I was investing in the sharing as much as I could, not only in the time we spent together, but in my own time and how much uh, I was thinking about them and they meant to me. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember you, uh, you know, writing the journals for them and seeing you like really stay consistent with that. It was inspiring to do, um, to see you, actually doing that. And like you said, I'm sure that will mean a lot to them when they do receive that. I'll say, I'll ask you, I'll wrap up with this kind of a two-parter because I'm interested to hear this. What advice would you give to a single mother now who's raising a son? Um, I'll say that. And then what advice would you give to a new father who didn't have his father around and now he's going into parenting. What would you say to those two groups now? What advice would you give them that you feel would make a difference in their trajectory? Um, for, for a mother, um, you know, the, the first thing I, I would say is to know that from from my perspective as a kid, that's all I saw is that you are enough. You are enough. You can do it. Be confident because I've seen it done. For those that say it can't be done, well, you know, you're looking at a product of it. Uh, there was a village, but it all came back to my mom. So you are enough. Uh, you have the ability. God has blessed you. He wouldn't have put you in the situation if he did not think 
you could. Uh, so you are enough. Um, and the second thing I would say is, um, you you know, the, the blessing that, that you gave birth to and that you're raising, uh, you, you are preparing him for the world. So don't take it for granted. Even the days that you are frustrated, even the days it's not going very well. And even with all the things that the data and stats show about young people being raised in a single parent home and what that could mean, going back to my thoughts earlier in this uh, session about, uh, you know, raising a young man and, and they could put him in a situation where he gets he gets in trouble or he becomes, uh, you know, he becomes someone that has uh, that's depressed or mentally he's not there. Uh, love him, love him, love him. And, and and make sure he understands that uh, you you are his biggest cheerleader. You are his mom, but you are so many different things um, to him or her, for that matter. Uh, and, and again, I go back to you are enough. Um, as hard as it is, just keep keep going. Just don't 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 stop. For the father. The new, the, the new father, um, and this one is uh, is delicate for me because I remember becoming a father, uh, and there's uh, there's nothing like that. That changes your life uh, altogether. I, you 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 know you only you know the the two things we know about time. We don't know how much we have, and we can't get it back. Um, and I'm guilty of this, and so I'm 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 hoping fathers that hear this and listen uh, to me is uh, just understand that again you don't know how much time you have. So when your son is asking you to sit there and watch him play his game, or he's asking you to go out and kick a ball with him, or he's asking you just to be able to go to the store, let him do it. Uh, the one thing that I don't, I, you know, I, I am trying to become more mindful of is that, well, my sons want me to do certain things. It's not about what I want to do. Uh, it's about the blessing that God gave me to be able to do it. So do it with them, no matter what it what it is. Um, that is their connection point to you. Spending time with things they want to do when they want to do it. That is the connection point. That is how you grow your relationship. It's not always about them asking you questions. It is certainly about um, you just spending time with them, um, and, and, yeah. and doing whatever it is they, they choose to do. Uh, and the other, the other thing I would say is, is, and I think this naturally happens for, uh, newborn fathers, uh, and, and, and also your, your better half, your wife is when children, when children are inserted into a marriage, um, sometimes the marriage wavers, uh, a little because uh, of, of the child. Uh, you know, and, 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 and biblically, your wife will always come first and then your children. Uh, I think it's hard to see it that way when everybody's got a cute little newborn baby. And, you know, and I, I think that's hard <laughs> for everybody. Um, but that's the other thing I would say is uh, don't lose sight of what the blessing that God has given you. And, and biblically, again, understanding your wife comes first and then your children uh, in that order. Uh, and you and you must continue to um, operate that way. Uh, because that's what God yeah. has asked us to do, uh, and and, and uh, you know Him before all, but certainly your wife and then your children, uh, and trying to find that balance and what that looks like is always difficult because children require so much. Um, but that's the other thing I would say uh, for for a new father. Good advice, good good advice. Um, you touched on the time aspect of it, and it made me think about. Um, this quote I, I read and it said, we all make the mistake of thinking that we have more time. And uh, we don't talk about this a lot, but that's probably one of the strongest or the more pertinent viewpoints or things that came from the loss of Hannah. Is like, nothing is guaranteed. You think because, you know, you young, you're going to be around, like nothing going to happen to me. That's probably one of the top things is like, you just, you don't, you never know how much time you have. 
You really don't. Don't take that for granted. Um, I hope you all leave here encouraged today. Hey, you got to come back on. There's a lot of stuff I didn't get to ask you. <laughs> we'll, we'll do we didn't even get to talk about parenting. Yeah, we'll, 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 you know, we got, we got so deep into, uh, you know, our situations, but I, I certainly think if you, yeah. you're willing to have me on for a part two or three, let's plan it and we'll get it done. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'll end with this. Um, this is a quote I heard a while back, and I think it's so fitting for now, and I just hope you use it to encourage you and motivate you on how you're going to divvy up your time going forward. Um, give your best to the ones who will cry the deepest at your funeral. So I hope that rings to your mind as you're thinking about your schedule and everything you have to do. Make sure those important ones are right at the top. All right. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, I hope you learned a ton. I did. It was a good conversation. And until next time, everybody, take care. And that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Hey Hannah podcast. We hope that you found inspiration, insight, and encouragement in our conversation today. If you enjoyed this episode and want to stay connected with us, be sure to like, subscribe, and review the Hey Hannah podcast. Your feedback helps us reach more people and spread our message of love and wisdom. You can also follow us on social media at Hey Hannah Podcast. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok to stay updated on all the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and engaging content. And for those of you who prefer the visual experience, catch the video versions of our podcast on our YouTube channel. Just search Hey Hannah Podcast and hit that subscribe button to never miss an episode. For even more Hey Hannah goodness, visit our website at www.heyhannapodcast.com. There you'll find updates, bonus content, and join a community that embraces you with open arms. Your continued support truly means the world to us. Together, let's spread love, share wisdom, and honor every precious moment. Because here at Hey Hannah, we believe that life is meant to be lived well. Remember, a new episode of the Hey Hannah podcast is released every Wednesday. So mark your calendars and be sure to tune in. Thank you again for being a part of Hannah's Hive. Until next time, take care.